White Sox Weekly, your all-access pass to everything White Sox. That baby will go! Lance Lynn with an absolute gem. Deep array! It is gone! It's a no-hitter! Carlos Rodon! What a performance! Now here's your host, Connor McKnight. Welcome in to White Sox Weekly. I'm Connor McKnight, and this is a special show. The first of the Pedro Grifol era here on ESPN 1000. The White Sox have a brand new manager, the 42nd in White Sox history. He is Pedro Grifol. He met the media and White Sox fans over the last couple of days in a press conference at Guaranteed Rate Field. General Manager Rick Hahn introduced Griffold to media. Questions were asked. They were answered. Expectations were set. History was talked about. And there you have it. You've got your brand-new manager of the 2023 Chicago White Sox. We're going to talk a lot about what this hire means for the franchise going forward, what the immediate impacts are, and kind of what some of the long-ranging, long-term impacts will be of Pedro Griffold as the new manager of the White Sox. What we know and what we don't know about the coaching staff. And of course, we'll talk with you. 312 332 3776. That's the phone number. Question simple, White Sox fans. What do you think of the hire? What do you think of Pedro Grafal as the newest White Sox manager? And how do you think he may change the organization uh, for 2023? The expectations are still high, of course. They're aiming for an AL Central title and playoff wins in 2023. So we'll see how that gets set up over the next couple of months. Sox fans, 2023 ticket plans are available now. We offer a variety of plans when you lock in today. You get flexible payment plans, savings on single games, great seat locations, and more. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash season tickets. I want to talk a lot about your full, about his history, about what that may uh, inform, about how he's going to run a team, about his bench coach, Charlie Montoyo, Ethan Katz and Kurt Hassler coming back, some other coaching positions not being filled by the incumbents, and exactly who might be figuring into this White Sox coaching staff long-term. And, of course, we'll take some phone calls as well. But also, on Thursday, when Griffal was introduced to reporters, I had a chance to sit down with the new White Sox manager. He and I spoke for a little bit, and we figured what better way to actually start the show today to really get into conversation uh, than to play for you, than to bring you the conversation that I had with new White Sox manager Pedro Grifol. So without any further ado, here it is. I sit down with Pedro Grifol. Now sitting down with new White Sox manager Pedro Grifol here on White Sox Weekly. Pedro, first of all, congratulations. I know this is the culmination of life's work, top of the mountain for you. Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. I, I'm, I'm really excited about this opportunity, and, and I'm honored to be a part of this organization. You talked during the press conference about how you kind of always wanted to be a major league manager, and I think a lot of people can relate to kind of having a dream out there, right? I'm wondering if there's a moment in your career where you knew you could be, where something had clicked where you thought, okay, this is no longer a dream. I can do this. Well, uh, that's a really good question. I, I, you know, I started this, um, like this thing hit me like in 1994 where I wanted to get back on the field and, and um, I wanted to manage and that's all I wanted to do. Like I said in there, this game just takes you, takes you in different places. So for a while there, I didn't really think about managing that much um, until I started getting that itch to get back on, get back on the field. And then 
uh, once I got to Kansas City and I was able to get to the big leagues and be there a year or two, I started realizing that this is a possibility. However, um, you got to be a good self-evaluator and you got to know that you're ways away from becoming a major league manager. So you got to be with your feet are, you got you to gotta learn, you got to watch other, other people do it. And uh, eventually you start thinking over time, there's a possibility that I can do this. And then when I got my first interview with uh, the Orioles, I was like, okay, this is real. This, this has got a chance to happen. And then you go through, you know, five or six of them, and you're like, okay, these things are really, really tough to get, right? And there's, there's only 30, and there's a ton of people that want them. And you got to have a connection with, a, with an organization. And I'm blessed to have had that connection here with Rick and Kenny and, uh, and Jerry. And, and I'm, again, grateful and blessed to, to, be, a, to be a part of it. What set this process apart from the others that you've been through and this organization kind of apart from the others over the past couple of years? Yeah, it, it was it was the quick quick connection. Yeah. And and it was ju- and it was the way they went about it. It was a baseball talk. It was I think I said it in there. It's like almost finishing a game and going back in the clubhouse and just sitting down there and talking baseball and you know what happened and how how we can improve the next day and those were kind of the conversations that we that we were having and um it just so happens that it was an interview Uh, but in but in reality it was just baseball talk communication is a word that comes up a lot when you ask people about your reputation rick had spoken about it a lot what are the most important things for a manager to communicate to his players and to his coaches you got to be a good listener first to be a good communicator sure and you got to listen to to people's stories you got to listen to you got to be curious you know as a as a good communicator you got to listen and be curious and uh, you got to empathize too and then once you do that that's when the real communication starts that's when that's when we start opening up to each other mm. and um and that's when good things start to happen because we start trusting each other I know you'll put the rest of the coaching staff together. I'm curious, um, what will be the steps in creating relationships with the guys that we do know that will be on your coaching staff, Charlie Montoyo, Ethan Katz, and Kurt Hassler? How are your relationships with each one of them, and, and how do you start to form those? Well, in the last couple of days, I've spoken to all of them. Awesome. Um, and uh, these guys are great baseball guys, but more importantly, they're great people uh, with high character and integrity, and, and that's kind of what I'm about. you know. And um, I can't wait to get in a room together with them and and put a plan together for this team and get to spring training and try to execute that plan or execute that plan um and you know and that's and the same thing goes for the other guys that we're gonna that we're gonna bring in um we got some guys in mind and um i they're all i believe that all of them are going to be impact coaches that are going to impact these players in a positive way what are the to your mind and for white sox fans what are the biggest selling points to the White Sox in 2023? And I know we're early on this, but that's what we do in the business, right? Uh, and what are the things that you'll be working hardest on between now and March 30 against the Astros? Energy is a big, a big word for me. I think energy is a big part of this team, too. And it's a big part of what we need to bring every single night to have success. Uh, details, fundamentals, uh, margins, you know, those those type of things are important to me. The process is important to me. Um, I think wins and losses are going to be byproducts of all those things that I just that I just mentioned, and that's what we're going to focus on from now all the way into March 30th and beyond, really. Was it important that you 
that there are expectations on this team come next year while you took this step into your managerial role for the first time? Um, important, I'm not sure if it's the right word. Okay. Um, but um, appreciative of that? Sure. I am. You know, um, this is the type of environment that you want to go into. This is not a rebuilding environment. Um, you know, and when this job came available, it became, you know, a really interesting job because you're not going to go through a rebuild. You know, you're expected to win. And how are we going to do it? And that's what you're focusing on. So um, our focus right now is putting a roster together, putting a staff together uh, that can uh, help us play next year here in October. Pre-game preparation was a big part of the conversation that Rickon had with the media that you spoke about with as well. What is the Pedro Grifol school of pre-game preparation? What does that look like? It's getting out there and preparing yourself to win a baseball game. And sometimes this game, you know, it, it, there's so many games that sometimes you just fall into a trap of a routine, you know, where... You just go out there and think that you're going to be able to turn it on at 7:10 without turning it on a little bit at 4:30. So us getting out there at 4:30 and uh, ramping up the energy a little bit and in the drills that we do and how we go about it will better prepare us for 7 for 7:10. How do you feel analytics should be communicated to players? Are there the most important ones or the ones that you let fall by the wayside? Do you let the player kind of decide that on a case by case basis? I think players need to understand analytics. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they choose to use them or not, um, you know, obviously that's something we'll, you know, we'll go through. But uh, I think the most important thing is educating players on some of the analytics that can help them individually, which in turn help us as a group. So um, they are important. These are these also are human beings. This is a really tough game to play. You do it every single day. Um, so, in my opinion, every every little bit that we can, every little bit of information that we can provide to them that can help them become a better player uh, is only going to benefit benefit us down the road. Why five? Why five? Uh, George Brett was my sure. um, hero growing up. Um, I've worn it everywhere except Kansas City, and when I got to Kansas City, I kind of hinted a little bit to George and he's in that and that was non-negotiable so sure. I haven't been able to wear it uh, in Kansas City I think I've worn like six numbers in the last six or seven years um, but uh, when I got here you know they told me that this number was was available and I'm you know I'm grateful for it and it's obviously George's number and George is a dear friend. Well, the, the follow-up is who was Pedro's favorite player growing up is the answer. Is it George Brett? It's obviously George that, that, Brett. That's fair. That's a yeah. pretty good guy to emulate yeah. and to, you know, to idolize. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so for White Sox fans, um, what will be the calling card of the Pedro Grifol 2023 White Sox? We're going to go out there and we're going to play hard, guys. Um, you're gonna We're going to earn your trust. Um, when you come to the ballpark, you're going to see – um, good winning baseball. Um, there might be a hiccup or two down, you know, during the season, which is expected. Um, but I can assure you that it's being addressed. And just come out and, and support us. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go on a nice ride. Pedro, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Congratulations. You got it. Thank you. 
It's new White Sox manager Pedro Grifol here on White Sox Weekly. I talked with him on Thursday. It was, uh, I, I don't know where I was in the line of interviews after he was introduced to reporters. He talked with the beat reporters uh, for a little while. He did television interviews, radio interviews, sat down with us here at White Sox Weekly. We certainly appreciate his time um, and, and the interview. If you missed it or you tuned in halfway through or you think, oh, you know what? I've only consumed five or six interviews with the new White Sox manager so far. Let me get to a seventh. You can download the ESPN Chicago app. Each and every one of our shows here, White Sox Weeklies, are available there. You can download them uh, at your leisure and listen through. I, a lot more to get to uh, about the new hire of Pedro Grifol, of course. I, I want to get into his background, about the coaches that will help support him in his first time as a major league manager, what this means for the team going forward. You'll hear some sound from him at the press conference and some sound from White Sox general manager Rick Hahn uh, about the change, uh, about what this means for the team, and about what they were looking to accomplish as a ball club by hiring Pedro Grafal as the next White Sox manager. Some of the areas they thought they were a little deficient in from 2021 into 2022, and why this hire is one that they think will fix some of those deficiencies. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number here on the show. Give us a ring. My question to White Sox fans is pretty simply this. What do you think of the new hire? What do you think of Pedro Grafal as the new White Sox manager. 312-332-3776. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. We are talking White Sox. This is White Sox Weekly. If you missed the show, we put the podcast up on the ESPN Chicago app. So listen on your time. White, White Sox, Sox Weekly, ESPN 1000, Chicago's this. home for sports. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly. I'm Connor McKnight. Just got done replaying an interview, actually playing for the first time, an interview uh, we did with Pedro Grifol, the new White Sox manager, shortly after he was introduced as his uh, as the new White Sox manager in his new job on Thursday afternoon at Guaranteed Rate Field. Want to talk with you, White Sox fans, about what you think this new hire means, what Pedro Grifol is going to bring to this ball club, 312-332-3776. That's the number. And you can become a White Sox insider today for sweepstakes, special offers, the Friday Five, pre-sales, and other exciting Sox content delivered straight to your inbox and free to your inbox. Visit whitesox.com slash insider today. So there were a couple of different things from that interview uh, with Pedro that struck me, a couple of things from the press conference itself that I wanted to talk about here before we get into his resume and you know, kind of what's next for the ball club, too. We've been waiting for a month, a month exactly, a month to the day after Tony La Russa announced that he'd be stepping aside due to health concerns and then the White Sox announcing Pedro as the new manager of the ball club. Um, it felt like a little bit longer than that, I think, at times. And, you know, then at times, you know, so, some days during the offseason, I don't know if you're like me in this way, but some days during the offseason – feels like you you blink and three days have passed and, and then blink again and another 10 weeks have passed. But it's, it's kind of a weird way of, of measuring time, this baseball offseason. The World Series isn't even done yet. We haven't even gotten to the whole, you know, player option part of the offseason to say nothing of free agency. So it's kind of that weird in-between 
of things teams do to move forward and then teams kind of making the the coaching changes, the, the managerial changes, like the White Sox have five openings. All of them hired now. The White Sox were the final club in Major League Baseball uh, to announce their new manager. So um, a couple of things that, that I thought were interesting from the Pedro perspective, I guess. One was the way he kind of began speaking at the press conference. This is a guy who has been described as really a baseball lifer. You know, this is a guy who, as he told me in the interview we just played for you, in 1994 kind of made the decision that his playing days were over, that he that he wanted to be a manager in the big leagues, that this was going to be his career path, and this is something that he you know, couldn't let go of, that this was his dream. Um, and at different points along the way, having worked in a front office as a director of minor league operations, coordinator of instruction for the Seattle Mariners for a little while, along the way, he told his family at, at one point, he decided he was ready to go back onto the field um, as a minor league manager, I think was the way he was going to begin this kind of journey. And that was going to take him away from his family. Uh, I believe he has three daughters, his wife, um, at the time, all of them you know, fairly young, and was going to change the lifestyle quite a bit, the family dynamic quite a bit. As, as you know, minor league managers don't make a whole heck of a lot of money, and they're away from the, their team, their family, quite a bit. There's, there's winter ball to go manage, which Pedro did at, at different times in his, uh, in his career prior to this point of being named White Sox manager on Thursday. And you know, in the conversation, um, his family, one of his daughters, told him, as, as he was kind of checking in with them saying, Hey, you know, is this something that's okay? This is really going to change it, but this is what I feel like I have to do. This is where my career is going to take me. This is where I, I feel I need to go. This is my dream. He was told by his family, how can you tell us to chase our dreams if you won't go chase down yours? Um, and that, and I got a lot of people. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of us have had situations like that where someone very close to us, a loved one has supported us in a dream like that. And, it was really cool to hear Grafal say, you know, hey, here's here's how you connect with me. Here's something that's that's affected me in my life. Here's where my family has kind of held them up. All his family was there at the press conference. That was a really cool moment, um, a really cool moment. Rick Hahn, general manager, introduced Grafal as the new White Sox manager. And we'll hear from Rick in a little bit, but I wanted to play for you before we get too deep into the resume itself and some of the new coaching changes that are on the way, none announced yet. Well, some announced, but uh, a lot more to be announced coming up here in the next few weeks. Pedro was asked what excited him about the White Sox. And I think what's important to remember here is that Griffol has been you know, in the mix for a couple of different managerial jobs over the last five, six years. Um, interviewed for a handful of them. His first interview, as he told me, was with uh, the Baltimore Orioles a couple of years ago. Um, he's and I, I want to bring up some of the things he's kind of been known uh, to have done in his major league coaching career as a hitting coach and a bench coach and so forth. Uh, but Grafol, like I said, was asked what excited him most about the White Sox during this whole interview process. Oh, it's a talented roster, top to bottom. Um, you know when. When you talk about the core group here, I mean, they can hit the ball at the ballpark and they can steal a base and, you know, really they can't, they can do anything, you know, in the game. Uh, and then when you talk about the pitching side, I mean, you're talking about four quality starters with a quality bullpen, right? And, and, and you never know, we might add another starter or two. I, I'm not, I'm not sure of that part, but uh, I'm, I'm excited on both sides of the ball. Tipping a hand, maybe just a little bit, or at least uh, at least you could say that every contender is looking for more pitching, right? The White Sox are definitely that. I, I also thought, you know, 
one of the things we've, we've talked about quite a bit here, as we've known for the last month that Tony La Russa was not coming back as manager, is some of the some of the tendencies that organizations have, right? And it's not it's not necessarily tried. It's not the only way it's going to go. Not tried and true necessarily, but usually when an organization goes from you know stern firebrand as manager or head coach, yet you, you get the tilt back toward player manager, right? Or you have a guy who was you know really buddy buddy with players, really close connection wise. Maybe then uh, after that kind of time period runs out you move over to the other end of the spectrum and you're looking for somebody who's more um, a disciplinarian, somebody who's not going to let the small things slide, something like that. I'm generalizing just a little bit, but I think you are seeing some of that kind of, um, you know, from Ozzie Guillen to Robin Ventura to, uh, let's see, after Rick Renteria and then to Tony La Russa and then to, I think you do see some of that back and forth a little bit. It's a pretty natural transition in organizations uh, as you make changes in the leadership positions. But one of the things that the White Sox for sure have been deficient in over the last two, three seasons and have been looking to tighten up uh, since Rick Renteria left, since Tony La Russa came in, is being a better defensive club and maybe even being a better fundamental club. Griffol was asked whether or not fundamentals can be taught uh, to major leaguers, guys who have made it to the top of the mountain and yet still uh, may need a few reminders on what bases to throw to when the heat of the moment drives up. Absolutely. I mean, these are fundamentals. Hitting a cutoff man is a fundamental. You know, running the bases are fundamentals. You can't teach speed. You can't teach arm strength. You can't teach range, you know, maybe a little bit. But we're talking about fundamentals here. We're talking about hitting the cutoff man, taking a good primary lead, taking a good secondary lead, expecting balls in the dirt, taking an extra base. I mean, absolutely you can teach that. Not only you can teach it, you can expect it, right? And, and over time, you know, we're, we're all going to expect it of each other. So uh, that, that's just a part of baseball that I, that I feel that we need to play and that we're going to play. So that's Pedro's thoughts on the fundamentals themselves. And I, I thought that kind of dovetailed well with something he and I talked about in the interview that we played in the first segment of the show. He mentioned the word you know, margins a couple of times and in the press conference as well, kind of used the word margins to describe where things need to be, for lack of a better word, better for the White Sox. And it's, it's a word that we talked about a bit during the season that, that Lennon DJ mentioned some too, as, as we all kind of talked baseball through the summer, the White Sox were a team that when they were scoring were pretty tough to beat, scoring a lot of runs. I mean, you know, kind of in the six, seven, eight range. And I, a lot of teams are, you know, you're putting up a lot of runs, you're kind of tough to beat. They pitched well, but on the margins, those little things, you know, allowing a fourth out of the inning or, you know, maybe not keeping a guy at first when there's a runner at first and second or, you know, keeping a double play in order, those kinds of things. They need to be done because if you are struggling on offense, if the bullpen isn't as locked down as you'd like it to be, allowing other teams the opportunity to get back into ball games or maybe just extend their edge just a little bit more, those are the kind of things that really cost you over the course of 162 games. And Pedro Grafol seems to, uh, at the very least, talk to those issues and, and speak to how he'll try and contain those issues from becoming problems and instead make them strengths. And I think that's something too. you know, listen, I don't know that a lot of people um, when Tony La Russa announced that he was leaving the ball club, that he was no longer able to manage that, that a lot of people thought, well, 
listen, the Kansas City Royals have been, you know, putting together major league coaches for a while. This is the organization you go take a coach from. It's, it's not the case. However, when you ask around the reputation of a guy like Pedro Grifol, when you take a look at you know some of those winnings, winning Royals teams from 2014 and 2015 when they took a World Series, they were doing things like that. They were executing those fundamentals, and they were very much kind of that um, you know old school sort of baseball team where you know in, in not in the sense where you're going to play small ball or you know throw at guys or something like that, but more in a sense that. You know, they weren't going to let anybody beat them in some of these ways. And I, I think that, as much as a, a number of other things, makes Pedro Gafol a pretty attractive candidate and, and subsequently the 42nd manager in White Sox franchise history. When we come back, more on the background of the new White Sox manager, Pedro Gafol, and who's going to back him up. There are a couple of coaches we know that are coming back to the White Sox, and a bench coach has been announced by general manager Rick Hahn. You'll hear from him as well when we return. It's White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly. Listen to Chicago's Home for Sports on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2, and ESPN 1000. Now, on the home of the White Sox, here's Connor McKnight. White Sox fans, if you're planning a special occasion and looking for the perfect location, well, we've got you covered. When you reserve your group outing for 2023, you'll get the priority access to the biggest matchups and the best space for your group. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash groups. That's whitesox.com slash groups. Talking about the new manager of the White Sox, Pedro Grafal was announced to reporters, to media everywhere, to fans of the White Sox on Thursday afternoon at Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, Played an interview that I had with him on that afternoon uh, earlier in the show. If you want to listen to it, download the ESPN Chicago app. In case you missed it, just go download the app. White Sox Weekly Shows are all archived on that beautiful app. Played a little sound from Pedro Grafal, and I want to play a little bit from Rick Hahn this afternoon as well. 312-332-3776. 312-332-3776. That's the number. Want to hear from you. Want to hear what you think about the brand new manager of the Chicago White Sox. He is a first-time big league manager, but uh, it's not his first time managing a team. The resume for Pedro Grafal is kind of an interesting one. Spent the 2013 to 2022 seasons with the Royals, finishing up as uh, a bench coach and a third base coach 13 years before that. With the Seattle Mariners organization, he was a minor league manager. He had been an area scout, a coordinator of instruction, and he was director of minor league operations from 2008 to 2011 while with Seattle. He was also a winter league manager uh, in different parts of his minor league managerial career. He was a hitting coach alongside George Brett for a little while with Kansas City before being assigned, reassigned as the catching coach and working alongside Salvador Perez quite a bit. Perez is a pretty good catcher defensively. Grafal worked with him some on his pitch framing, which is an area in which Perez is is, uh, is not the best. I think a little better over the last couple of years, and some of that's largely attributed to Grafal. He was, uh, he was a right-hand man to Ned Yost for a little while as the Royals – made back-to-back appearances in the World Series. You know, that whole 2014-2015 run was was completely wild 
for Kansas City, a real renaissance in KC and some powerful squads there. And and as Ned Yost has, has told a couple of people in reporters, uh, he was – Griffol was a guy who really worked to bring some analytics into the conversation uh, as as those teams tried to evaluate their players, how best to position defenses, all that kind of stuff. Yost was uh, almost notoriously reticent to shift his defense in the infield. And while you know that's not going to be around next year, the shift will be much more revamped as a, as a ban on the shift in Major League Baseball next season. Uh, it's just kind of interesting to note that you know Pedro Grafal was one of the guys that was raising his hand and saying, I, you know, I think there's some some other ways we can do this. Here's how we talk about these things. Here's how we get this information to players. That is very much part of the conversation as to what makes a very good major league manager at this point, being able to communicate some of those at times, you know, really complex analytical ideas uh, to players who, I mean, listen, some of the, I get confused about a lot of this stuff, and I'm hardly a, I can barely spell the word math, as opposed to get through some of the actual arithmetic in this. And, and that's not what you know managers are doing; they're not sitting down and doing the math for players or anything like that. But you know, what makes you better? What sorts of tendencies and and uh, trends can you take advantage of to make you the best player you can be? So that's a little bit on the uh, on the resume of Pedro Grifol. Rick Hahn was then asked at the press conference on Thursday a little bit more specifically, what exactly is it from a from a personal standpoint that Pedro brings as the new White Sox manager? Here's Rakan. I think all organizations run the risk of becoming a little insular. And you know, I think all 30 of us are guilty of falling in love with our own guys that you draft and develop and have whether you've traded for or signed as free agents with expectations. And sometimes it's good to get a little bit of a reality check from outside uh, and a more objective point of view, let's say. Uh, and I will say, I think it was important given, you know, some of the processes over the last few turnovers that we've had uh, to make clear that we were open-minded to different points of view and that we were in, uh, interested in what others had to say about us and how we were perceived and how we could get better. Uh, we obviously have had uh, a fair amount of success, but not enough. And when you get to that point of frustration that we all felt last year and knowing that you needed to uh, change perhaps the way we went about some things, uh, I think it was essential for us to hear from as many different voices as we could about how to get this thing better and how to get it on track. doesn't mean that we don't have some very high-caliber coaches and scouts as part of this organization. It's a matter of complementing those points of view from time to time and, and getting a little bit of a reality check, perhaps. So that kind of outside perspective seemed, at least to me, to be really important to the organization as, as they moved for, from Tony La Russa to their next manager, regardless of who that was going to be. And it, and it looks like it won't just be Pedro Grifol coming from outside the organization. Uh, as a first-time manager, it is always important to have somebody on that staff, maybe even some buddies, multiple people who have been in that position before or a similar position or just kind of seen it, you know, kind of been around it for a while. And to that end, the White Sox announced, Rick Hahn, actually, you know, during that press conference, announced what had been reported earlier in the day, earlier Thursday, Charlie Montoya 
will be the bench coach for Pedro Grifol. Montoyo joined the Tampa Bay Rays organization at its creation. He was a rookie ball manager starting in 97 before they were really even, um, really even uh, moving along. And, and stayed in that minor league organization until 2006. And in fact, stayed in that minor league organization, but went up to be the double A or rather triple A Durham Bulls manager in 2007, spent seven years there. In 2015, Montoya was hired as the bench coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. Matt Quattraro was the third base coach hired in that same season. Quattraro is now the Royals manager after having been bench coach to Kevin Cash in Tampa over the last couple of seasons. In 2018, Montoya left his job as bench coach of the Rays to become the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. He was uh, nominated for 2020 AL Manager of the Year along with Kevin Cash, who ended up winning the award, and Rick Renneria of the White Sox. Montoya was fired July 13th of this past season after a two and nine stretch for Tam- uh, for Toronto. Rather, he was 236 and 236 in four seasons as Toronto Blue Jays manager. The AL East is a tough division, and Montoya got him into the playoffs in 2020. That team got a lot better while he was there, and some of that is, of course, thanks in part to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. kind of arriving on the scene and becoming what he is. Uh, but that team, that organization, had just given Montoyo an extension prior to the 2022 season uh, that was set to run for a couple of years. There were some options attached to it, and and their having to make that move was very much a um, a big shift in the organization. Montoyo's really well regarded as a guy who uh, knows what's going on, can be maybe just a little bit of a of a heart a bad cop if if needs be if if that's where things take you. Uh, but both. Grifol and Montoyo are uh, come with great communicators as part of their resume and, and good instructors as well. Guys who know what it's like to deal with young players and veterans alike and, and kind of have those conversations and set a clubhouse in the right spot. So Charlie Montoyo is going to be the bench coach for the White Sox in 2023. Rick Hahn was asked in that press conference on Thursday whose idea it was to bring in Montoyo. It's a collaborative effort. Uh, it was uh, something we talked about, I think, in our second meeting. It didn't come up during the first. It came up during the second. Uh, look, Charlie's got a sterling reputation in this game and is, is viewed as one of the finer bench coaches of the, the last decade plus or so. Uh, obviously, the world knew he was available. Uh, it tends to be a little bit of an insular community, so we knew that there was competition. There were multiple other teams pursuing Charlie. Um uh, so midway through the interview process, we started talking about potential fits, and, and uh, we certainly weren't looking to arrange any sort of marriage where the manager wasn't fully on board. turns out that Pedro, uh, I don't know if he raised it first or I raised it first during the second conversation, but it was, it was going to be part of it, and uh, certainly his enthusiasm from, from the jump was clear. Han expounded just a little bit more about what the hiring of Montoyo means for uh, the coaching staff uh, as a whole. Meeting. It didn't come up during the first. It came up during the second. Uh, look, Charlie's got a sterling reputation in this game and is, is viewed as one of the finer bench coaches of the, the last decade plus or so. Uh, obviously, the world knew he was available. Uh, it tends to be a little bit of an insular community, so we knew that there was competition. There were multiple other teams pursuing Charlie. Uh, so 
midway through the interview process, we started talking about potential fits, and, and uh, we certainly weren't looking to arrange any sort of marriage where the manager wasn't fully on board. Turns out that Pedro, uh, I don't know if he raised it first or I raised it first during the second conversation, but it was it was going to be part of it, and uh, certainly his enthusiasm from from the jump was clear. Twin clips in the system there. They really like Montoyo. I promise Rick didn't say the same things exactly the same way. It's two different times. Our bad on that one. Uh, the other thing uh, about the coaching staff, and I, I think you've, you've likely seen this so far, the pitching infrastructure, at least at the very top, is going to return to the White Sox. Ethan Katz and Kurt Hassler, the pitching coaches, will be coming back. Um, other coaching opportunities are existing in the White Sox organization right now. First base coach, third base coach, uh, outfielder instructor, you know, all those things it sounds like, and, and it should be this way, Pedro Grafal is going to be able to uh, choose his coaching staff over the next couple of weeks here. And it sounds like there's no real rush on naming that staff. You know, there are some timeline things coming up here after the World Series is over that we'll get into in a lot more uh, detail come next week's White Sox Weekly you know, when player options get uh, exercised, free agencies, qualifying offers, all that good stuff. Um, the nuance of the offseason of Major League Baseball that gets uh, so fun when we're not in a lockout. Really, truly, it's a lot of fun when there's no lockout going on. And and we'll talk about that and what it means for the White Sox, what some of those decisions mean for the roster going forward. But right now, they're just kind of unknown. So the coaching staff exists as, as kind of the biggest decision points. And count me for one is – as kind of glad that Ethan Katz and Hassler are coming back. They themselves have really revamped, you know, how the White Sox work with their pitchers. I've got, I think they've gotten some really good results from some guys. Uh, there have been setbacks to be sure there are in any pitching staff, but you know, the, the work that Katz was able to do with Lucas Giolito up until 2022, which was a bumpy ride, no doubt about it. Plus the performance of Dylan Cease, the careful handling of Michael Kopech, which will continue, and the stuff that looks good. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez, you know, the, to go on, and Jimmy Lambert. There are more, and a lot of success stories there. Davis Martin among them. Uh, some, some big stuff there, and I think some good continuity that will stay in a position of strength for the White Sox from 22 into 2023 uh more to talk about here want to play a little bit more from rick Hahn and and he tipped just a little of what may be coming up this offseason for the white Sox as they continue some organizational change having hired pedro Grafal as the newest manager on thursday that's the topic of conversation here on white Sox weekly this is espn 1000 we are talking white Sox. This is White Sox Weekly. If you miss the show, we put the podcast up on the ESPN Chicago app. So listen on your time. White White Sox Sox Weekly, ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Welcome back. It's White Sox Weekly, last segment of the show this afternoon. We're talking about the brand-new manager of the White Sox. Pedro Grifol was introduced to reporters and to White Sox fans on Thursday afternoon. He's wearing number five. Josh Harrison wore number five last year, and the White Sox made sure to let everybody know that this was uh, made with Josh's understanding. Josh has a club option for next season, and while that's not been exercised yet, those don't get done until after the World Series for the most part. Uh, you gotta, you got to transfer the number. I don't know what the cost of number five is, 
But usually when it goes from a, a, a everyday player to a manager, it's a little bit lower than it goes from a, a rook to a veteran or a veteran or a rookie for that matter. So we'll, uh, we'll have to find out what the cost of number five was. But it was really important to Pedro Grafo. Looked up to George Brett quite a bit as he worked with him in Kansas City. And Brett was uh, one of Pedro's, maybe Pedro's very favorite player when he was growing up. So that's kind of a cool moment there. You get to put on number five in the White Sox pinstripes uh, as the new manager of the ball club. Uh, Grafol has a, a couple of other connections to the White Sox that I think are worth mentioning. They're, they're tangential, kind of. They're, they're not really you know solid connections. He's very much um, a voice coming in from outside the organization. But Assistant General Manager Chris Getz and Griffold did cross paths while with while they were both with Kansas City. This was back in the middle of the, of the 2010s. We're talking like 14, 15, 16, that kind of range. Uh, Getz was in the front office there in Kansas City before coming to the White Sox. Uh, the Royals, kind of importantly, or at least it seems that way, are the only team in the AL Central to have beaten the White Sox in the season series both last year and the year before, 21 and 22. And and that kind of matters when, at least to me and to I think to a lot of White Sox fans, it's kind of become a thing that matters here in, in pointing out why this hire, uh, maybe why Grafol over some other guys who have somewhat similar resumes as first-time managers. This was this was a guy who pointed out in the press conference, Grafol did, that the White Sox from 21 and 22 were a team that when the energy was high, Pedro said, was really tough to beat, darn near impossible to beat. But when the energy wasn't there, they were a team that could be taken advantage of a little bit. And, uh, you know, Rakan kind of talked about that some and, you know, the, the, the kind of slide that occurred from the last half of 2021 and from most of 2022 when the White Sox, you know, they, they went on the eight-game losing streak. They won their way back to close to 500. They couldn't stay over. They won a couple. It's just Back and forth and back and forth we went and you end up a 500 team. And that's largely disappointing considering the expectations that were on the White Sox in 2022. But you knew that already. Anyway, you've got a guy coming in from outside that's able to really diagnose and and see why those issues occurred or at the very least what other teams were able to take advantage of and how to change those into the areas of of strength as opposed to weaknesses. Speaking of Chris Getz, as we did for just a minute there, he's going to be our guest on, uh, I believe, next week's White Sox Weekly. We sat down and had a state of the White Sox farm system conversation with Chris Getz the other day. It is a good one, and barring you know some other news that may pop up after the World Series, you're going to hear that interview with Chris Getz. I know a lot of White Sox fans enjoy doing the state of the system conversation, so that's coming up in just a little bit. Uh, two more cuts that I wanted to play here from Rick Hahn as we wrap it up here on White Sox Weekly. He was asked in that press conference Thursday whether he anticipates making major changes to the White Sox from last year to this coming season, 2023. I think we view this as still a very a championship caliber core uh, obviously we had significant regression across the board in in several key players i think job one is figuring out which of those are correctable and how are we going to get them back on track and performing at the levels that we previously saw and that i think was reasonable to project them for last season before they fell off uh, if we're able to accomplish that with numerous players wholesale changes or a radical shift in direction is is by no means necessary uh 
are there areas where we need to improve? Absolutely. We've hit on that already today, you know, whether it's from uh, uh, regaining our offensive approach, staying healthier. Those are two keys to our success going right. forward. But improving ourselves defensively, how we run the bases, a little better lineup balance and approach to each at bat is, is, is called for as well. Whether that comes from internal improvement or external additions, ultimately we're hoping that's a combination of both. But I, I don't, we don't view this as, you know, drastic wholesale changes on the horizon. We need to get these guys uh, back to the level they're capable of playing at. So what that does is kind of set the path as, as a fairly narrow one to walk, right? Maintaining the strengths that the White Sox do have on the roster, uh, tweaking some marginal areas, getting better performances out of established veterans, and I would assume adding some as well. So the final question to Rick Hahn, the answer that you'll hear here, how do you decide what moves those need to be? I mean, there's certainly a analytical element to that in terms of looking at the underlying performance and what's uh, replicable, repeatable going forward, or what's you know a cause of concern. There's the health element. We have to understand exactly you know what guys are potentially dealing with going forward and how we can project project their health and availability going forward. But then there's also look the the roster we had the few guys playing out of position last year just out of the way the roster fit together and then driven even more significantly due to the injuries uh we want to avoid that going forward we want to get forward to the point where we have guys playing in a uh, role they're more suited for and if, if that means we got to make some alterations to the roster from the outside that's what we'll have to the route we'll have to go that's White Sox general manager Rick Hahn, and that is a great setup for what next week's episode is going to sound like here on White Sox Weekly. You can stay up to date on all things White Sox by following the team's official social media accounts. Don't miss a minute of the action on and off the field. Follow the White Sox on social today. They're at White Sox. I'm Connor McKnight. Kendra Smith is our producer. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week for White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000.